0: welcome to the southern alchemy wellness podcast southern alchemy wellness is a holistic wellness space and retail store devoted to the support of healthy living in the physical and virtual community our physical space is located at 4819 east bush boulevard suite 104. we hope that you'll come and see us here i am your host tracy person and i am darren person your
1: co-host and this is is the Alchemy of Wellness podcast.
0: Everyone wonders what happens when we die. Death in Western culture is something to be feared and reviled, and we vow to go to death kicking and screaming. And why shouldn't we? Life is very precious, but what happens when we know that death is inevitable? What about when age or infirmity takes us to a place where going out is the only way, and we want to make sure that we have the dignity when we go? Our guest today is death doula, Shannon Coates. And a little like our conversation on grief, we'll be talking about the Western concept of death and how these concepts are changing by examining some tenets of how death is handled in different cultures and in days past. Death,
1: be not proud, though some have called thee mighty and dreadful, for thou art not so. For those whom thou thinkst thou dost overthrow, Die not for death, nor yet canst thou kill me. From rest and sleep, which but thy pictures be, much pleasure, then from thee much more must flow. And soonest our best men with thee do go, rest of their bones and souls delivery. Thou art slave to fate, chance, kings, and desperate men, and dust with poison, war, and sickness dwell. And poppy, our charms can make us sleep as well and better than thy stroke. Why swellest thou then? One short sleep past, we wake eternally, and death shall be no more. Death, thou shalt die.
0: Awesome, Darren, the actor in you. Shannon! It's great to have you here. You want to introduce yourself and say three things about yourself that will just tell the audience who you are.
2: Hey everybody. I'm Shannon Coates. Um, I'm the youngest of four shout out to Heather, Adam and Rachie. For a while now, I've been feeling called to help myself and others heal from the inside and out. And I hope to open a health cat, a health and cat cafe by next year
0: a health and cat cafe i need yeah. you to say a little more about that
2: uh, well uh just like health food you know healthier food and then cat cafes are a thing where you go and you pay to play with cats for an hour and it also helps Ooh. them get adopted and you work with like local animal shelters just to try to bring awareness to you know the, sh- the cats struggle so i'm trying to combine a bunch of things in one like uh like health food and a cat cafe and i also want the cat cafe to also provide therapy for veterans so like the veterans can mm-hmm. come in for free mm-hmm. and pet the cats and then eventually start a veteran garden around it i have plans
0: you got big uh, yeah i'm yeah. not mad at that
2: <laughs>
0: great concept great idea
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I went to St. Augustine a couple weeks ago and we all went to one and I've been wanting to open a cafe for a while. And I'm like, oh, I should bring cats because I also want a lot of cats. So it kind of goes hand in hand, I feel like.
0: Nice, nice. And cats are super therapeutic. The Egyptians knew this. Um, just being near them can lower your blood pressure. Um, the research is in and we are sticking to it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Shannon, I
0: yeah, I love cats. And recently we got a dog and I didn't know I was a dog lover until we got one. So, yeah.
1: So I don't think the cat therapy will work on the dog so much.
0: Nah, nah, it's not going to work that way. <laughs> yeah. So Shannon, tell us yeah. what a death doula is and how you came to be interested in, A topic that a lot of people think uh, is strange and that a lot of people are afraid of.
2: So a death or end of life doula is basically a guide uh, that helps a person transition from life to death. And then we also provide their loved ones with support and guidance and education through the transition as well. And um, I became interested in death at a very young age because my father passed away when I was four and um so for a while i was just kind of numb to the feelings you get when you know things or people or pets and people pass away like Mm -hmm. grief and sadness i was kind of i guess young and felt it all so early that i just realized it was a cycle of life and then we lost my dog when i was eight and my mom's like aren't you sad because i didn't cry at all i didn't Uh have any emotion towards it because to me i'm just like that's life that's the life cycle yeah you know and then it wasn't until I got older and had more losses that I felt um, the feelings resurface, you know, like grief and sadness and kind of loneliness is a big part of it too. And yeah. um, I kind of wanted realized I want to dive more into this subject and help people get through it themselves as well.
1: Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. So if someone is deciding to get into this type of field of work, Uh, What sort of training does uh, someone have to undergo to do the the work of a deaf doula?
2: I got my certification online uh, through IDLM, International Doula Life Movement. Uh, Shout out to Anna and Pam. Um, But there are schools. Uh, I live in Pinellas County. There's a place called um, Conscious Dying Institute. My deaf doula friend went to that one. So basically you just go through courses. My course was six months. I'm not sure how long her course was and you take tests and you uh, read about things and all that good stuff and then you get certified.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, it's actually a really easy process. I do recommend like going and volunteering at hospice and being around the dying and seeing yeah. if it's something that you really want to pursue because it can get really heavy.
0: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can get really heavy. I'm actually certified through the International Institute of Doulas as well for birth doula. Yeah. Uh, so I'm at the other end of the spectrum, although I find them both fascinating. And one of the things that I'm seeing is that women in this country are starting to change their attitudes around birthing practices. We used to kind of see it as, you know, oh, I'm going to go to the hospital and, I'm going to get an epidural and I don't want pain and maybe I'm going to have a C-section. I think a lot more women are starting to advocate for themselves and you know open their minds to some other ways of giving birth. Um how are these attitudes changing around death?
2: It's a slow process. People are still very weird and touchy when it comes to the subject of death. Like I notice when I talk to people about the fact I'm a death doula or was going into it people would kind of like put space between me Mm -hmm. and myself and that person and i'm like it's not that to me is also funny because we all go through death one day yeah people are still afraid to talk about it because it's heavy and it's also scary and i think it's also some people have unprocessed trauma when it comes to death so i feel like Mm -hmm. no one wants to talk about it so my friend and I, who's also a death doula, we're starting a, a collective to try and build the community around death mm. and talking to people about it and opening it and making it not so scary to step into.
1: Yeah, because you can look at it. A lot of people look at this almost as a taboo subject. My question to you is: Why do you think the West has developed this this certain stance on death?
2: Um, that's that's a really good question. Um. I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. Movies, maybe uh, marketing. Um, how we ourselves have experienced death. Um, that's why I, I believe it's important to start discussing it a little more often, and uh, because it it really is such a beautiful process. And um, you know, because whoever is transitioning, you know, they finally get to be at peace and at rest. And how is that not wonderful and beautiful, all in itself? So I think if um, discussed it a little more um Mm -hmm. be more prepared and the transition would be more peaceful yeah um but i'm not really sure why it developed its stance on it i just feel like yeah movies and marketing and just our own experiences
0: I, i think sociologically the way families are structured here also in the last maybe 50 60 years has changed how we see it I know um, a lot of people have moved um, with African-Americans and the three different migrations that we've had north has really kind of divided families. So in some instances, you would have your grandparents around and they would live in your house with you and you would actually watch them get old. And I think... Um, a lot of European families, uh, if you have a European lineage, you know, maybe grandmas in another country or your nuclear family is very small. So you don't get to see people get old in the same way. What are your thoughts about that?
2: Well, it, well, what is funny you say that one of our modules in my class was how people used to watch their family members pass away, you know, like they would be mm-hmm. thinking like they would pass away in the room and then the family would wash the body and then dress the body because it's, it's such a healing process going through that as well. It's easier out of sight, out of mind, right? Uh, Yeah. When you watch someone you love quote unquote suffer or transition and pass away, sometimes it's easier to put them in hospice or, you know, a retirement home and like let people do it that way. And then that's why there's such a disconnect now with death because We've gotten so used to other people doing the hard part.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, know, we've just detached from it. Like we can pay someone else to do it instead of being there for ourselves. And I think it, it gives us a disservice because I think it's really beautiful and important to be there for your loved one as they transition out of this world for them and for ourselves.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I can see how that stigma would develop on that because now you're looking at death as something dirty. You know, it's like, oh, I can't touch that, or it's yeah. it's unclean, and
0: or yeah, the feeling that true. you're not qualified to do it when you know being their their family member and loving them yeah. does qualify you. Um, Darren and I have had the experience, um, and we did talk about this um, in our grief segment of watching my mother passed away from cancer and supporting her out as she died, like sitting with her, making plans about what was going to happen with, you know, things that they had created for us or my dad, who was, he was ailing, he had dementia. How was he going to be cared for? And then Darren and I uh, collaborated again on taking care of my dad as he um transitioned. And um, even though they were both transferred to a situation where nurses were helping them and they were in a facility, like there was a point in time where we were going every day for both of them. Right, honey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Making sure that they know that they're not alone. I think that that was Yeah,
2: big time. Really all we want at the end of our lives, right, is a little comfort and some love and peace and not to be in pain, you know? Yeah, And I think why people are scared of it because we don't know how our death comes. And we're like, oh, is it going to be painful? Who's going to be around? Am I going to be alone? You know? So I think that's another reason it's considered taboo, as you say, is because people don't want to confront it.
0: Right. Um, And I think um, having to usher my mother into her transition and usher my father into his transition, it, it helped me to kind of understand that I had done the best that I could. I, I think it was definitely part of the grieving process that made things happen a little, I, I don't want to use the word easier because it mm. it's never easy. It's it's still not easy. I do still think of them. I do still tear up, but I can accept it better. Yeah. Cause I, mm. I felt like we did what we needed to do. We, we owed them. Yeah. And, and we felt that we paid what we owed
1: right what are your views on what's on the other side
2: i think we just become energy i think that we go back into the others and i think that we're able to just float around and because i know my mom visits me uh there's and my dog i know that sounds weird but um uh, so i think that we just become energy and we just go like i said back into the others and we're at peace and we get to be with our other family members and loved ones who have passed in their energy form and Mm -hmm. we can either stay that way or we could choose to come back and be back on the earth again as whatever we want you know maybe not whatever we want but i think you get what i mean like i want to go back and try the human life one more time or oh you know what i want to be a bird you know like i think we get to i just think that we just get to be at peace and I think just we just become little balls of energy floating around.
0: Yeah, Not mm-hmm. weird at all. And not weird that your animals visit you. Um, I have never had an adult house without animals. And I definitely hope that they are around and visit me.
2: <laughs> it's funny. She visits me when I'm having really rough days. And it's always in my dreams. And she'll just come up to me. And somehow I like, get to hold her and pet her. It's very, very cute. But I know... I know she's vibing up with my mom and dad right now, just hanging out, you know, all of them.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Thinking about this subject kind of reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode uh, that had Robert Redford. Oh my God, I, mean,
2: I love the Twilight.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it, it made me think about do you think more people are scared of how they go as opposed to going? You know, it's like they're not so much scared of death, but how they're going to die.
2: I think it's both. I think they're scared of how and what's on the other side. I see you know because who really knows you know no one really does and uh, there's a lot of people mm. that believe in heaven and hell. I personally believe heaven and hell is right here on earth.
1: yeah you know? yeah
2: um, but some people believe that there's hell and purgatory and stuff like that. so I think people are and I think I think it's also time you know like how much time do we really have left so they're still mm. not going to be able to do all the things they want to do. Before they die, but yeah, I think it's both. I think it's how and what's on the other side that scares people.
0: Interesting. I'm definitely preoccupied with how, uh, and enough time. I I am not afraid of what's on the other
2: side. Yeah, I'm not afraid about what's on the other side. I think that's because I try to have good karma. But yeah. I get, you know, some people. Yeah, they do. They're they're scared about what's out there
1: yeah yeah so i think it's important to do as much work as you can while you're still here
2: uh-huh. and
1: not be preoccupied on some type of reward in the hereafter
2: yeah, and make heaven on
0: you earth so your you karma is good.
1: good there you go
2: yeah get good karma build good karma yeah and just be nice
1: yes, yes. Be, nice. be nice. or better yet be kind you know yeah. <laughs> be kind Is uh. mm-hmm. so there anything in your life in which you have some type of brush with death
2: Um, not that I know of. I went to a card reader, she told me I had a near-death experience with water when I was four, but Uh, I don't um I don't uh, remember that. So no. (laughs) But I noticed throughout the years, even before my mom passed, I've been very interested with death and like the other side and why it's so hard for people to talk about it and to go through it and to just be present in the moment of talking about it that so i haven't had any near-death brushes as you say but i've always felt called to helping people through it
0: how about you darren any near-death experience there was a moment where
1: i almost witnessed my sister's death right before me
0: it had to do with
1: a what they call black ice situation in kansas city yeah where the the weather was so weird that it was uh, just kind of misty and all of a sudden temperature dropped. So there was like a glaze of ice everywhere. And my uh, my sister's car was parked on a hill on the street as it happened. And she was trying to get her things out of the car and all of a sudden she slipped under the car and then the car was in motion, sliding down the street with her underneath it. Wow. And uh, it was a situation where it was helpless. You couldn't move because you end up falling yourself because you could not actually stand anywhere without slipping. And luckily nothing happened. You know, she got out of it okay, but it really shook us up. Me personally, I have not come across any type of near-death situation.
0: Shannon, maybe he is cut out to be a death doula because he also was there when I had my brush. So, yeah, yeah. And, and
2: talked me back to the other side.
0: Yes. So yes. That that was
2: Come on, join the crew. <laughs> you know, like I'm feeling like I'm being called more to the grief side of dueling and companionship doula mm-hmm. more than Transitional doula, I guess you could say, but Mm. you know. And then there's other people who feel more called to do the life planning and make sure that like the family's taken care of, and you know. So and then there's other people that are more making sure like the religious aspect is followed and funeral planning and stuff like that. So
1: wow, wow. Yeah, it's great you mentioned that to show the different layers and stuff and different uh, different types. Yeah,
2: like you could you could do it all if you want, but I don't I don't feel called to a certain Certain parts of it, uh, like others would be. Like, I'm sure there's people that don't want to deal with the grief and would rather just deal with funeral planning, you know, and stuff like that. Right. So,
0: yeah. Right. I'd be that grief person. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I'd be that
1: transitional person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Shannon, where can our audience go to find out more about your work?
2: Um, you know, I'm just beginning, so I don't have too much going on. I just got certified like a month ago, so I'm still building myself up, but. Um, Like I said, my friend and I, my friend, shout out to Lynn. Um, She's a death doula as well. We started um, our collective. It's called Last Call Collective. Um, It's a monthly meetup where we open the floor to anybody to just come and talk about grief, death, end of life options. Um, Our next one's tomorrow, but the one following that will be February 20th at Caledonia Brewing, 6 to 8 p.m. in Dunedin. Um, And then... And then I will start my own Facebook and Instagram. And my name is um, Through the Veil Doula. So watch out because I'm on my way.
0: Awesome. All right. We'll be joining you in Dunedin tomorrow. We can't wait to be a part of this conversation. Yeah. And um, as soon as you get your Facebook page, we'll be pumping your information out there so that people can see you. Absolutely. Yes, please do. Thank you okay. for joining us this evening. Thank you,
1: Shannon.
2: Yes, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: It was a pleasure talking to you.
2: Yeah, it was really nice.
1: We'd like to thank our listeners for joining us for this episode of the Alchemy of Wellness podcast. Uh, Tune in next month and follow us and support us. You have a great day. Be well.